Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. This is a special Lenten edition of How They Love Mary, as we break open my book, A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary, available from Sophia Institute Press. In the third week of Lent, we continue that theme from the second week of intentional prayer. The idea, remember, of people going on a pilgrimage, and as we go on spiritual pilgrimage to all of these different Marian apparition sites, well, that pilgrimage for us is a time for us to pray for other people. And in many of Our Lady's apparitions, as we saw last week, there's a direct request to pray for a specific intention. This week, we continue with the theme of intentional prayer, but some of them are inspired by the different aspects of the story of the apparition. For example, there's the prayer for the dying. Well, we see that Juan Diego's uncle, Juan Bernardino, was dying, but Our Lady obtained a healing for him. In the apparitions, Our Lady told Juan Diego to go to the bishop and to tell him to have a church built at the site of apparition. In Lourdes, for example, Our Lady told Bernadette to go to the parish priest and to ask for a church to be built so that people could go there on processions. So there are these requests, I think, implicitly. We see there for the clergy, for those intimately involved with the story of the apparition. I'd like to share a little bit about the apparition of Knock in this week's companion episode. The Knock apparition uh, was at center stage on a Sunday of the third week of Lent in the book, in which we prayed for the souls in purgatory. There are several Marian apparitions that have a connection to purgatory, even the apparition in Champion, Wisconsin. In that apparition to Adele Bryce in 1859, after the first occasion of Mary's appearance, she goes home, tells her family about the experience, and they say, maybe it's a poor soul in purgatory. And then in Fatima, for example, we have the apparition there, and the children ask about their friend, will Amelia go to heaven? And Our Lady told them, yes, Amelia will go to heaven, but she'll be in purgatory until the end of the world. Now, a lot of people get really hung up on that. I got hung up on that. But what I think Our Lady is saying there is that if Amelia doesn't have anyone to pray for her, to offer sacrifices for her, well, then she'll be in purgatory until the end of time. But if you begin to pray for her, this isn't, this isn't for all time, but now maybe she will be able to join our God in heaven. But what a startling statement that Our Lady gives. Amelia will be in purgatory until the end of time. Think about us. Amelia was a young girl. Think about us who live 70, 80 years, even in my short 30 years of life. All of the different sins that I have to make reparation and atone for. Now we begin to do that in this life and then we know that we have to be purified in the life to come. What was it that Amelia did that warranted Our Lady to tell those children that she might be in purgatory until the end of time? When it comes to the apparition of Knock, I love the apparition of Knock. I love all Marian apparitions. Lots of times on these interviews that I do for the book, people ask me, well, what's your favorite Marian apparition? And I always have to tell them that there's several. I love Lourdes. I love Champion. I love Borang and Bonneau. I love Knock. I've been to Knock. 
And it's a very beautiful place of prayer, a beautiful story as well of Our Lady's apparition. That Our Lady appeared there, and as she did, she wasn't alone as she appeared by that gable wall. It was St. Joseph who was there. It was John the Beloved who was there. It was the Lamb on the altar glorified that was there. And along with that was Mary. And so in this apparition at Knock, these witnesses to the apparition, Mary, John, Joseph, the Lamb, they say nothing. There is complete silence during the apparition. What might that silence mean? Maybe, as we'll see in week four, that's a method of prayer, of simply remaining with our God in prayer in silence. But what might the underlining message of the silence in Knock, Ireland be? A little unknown fact about Knock is that the parish priest had just celebrated a series of Gregorian Masses, 33 Masses, for all of the dead of his parish. And then after that series of masses was completed, the very next day, Our Lady appears, John appears, Joseph appears, the Lamb on the altar glorified appears. I think there you have a message about praying for the dead, that these apparitions occur in so close proximity to the, appar- to the ending of those masses. How do we see this? Well, Our Lady, we ask her to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And right now, uh, we are in the midst of this uh, coronavirus and its effects and all these things. And I, I read on social media that the second half of the Hail Mary actually was penned or written, given to us during a time of plague asking Mary to pray for them now in that moment, but also as that hour of death drew near for so many affected by that plague. But we ask Mary to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. And as we pray that prayer in our rosary, as we pray that prayer throughout our life, well, we hope that Mary holds true to that promise that we ask of her. Pray for me at the hour of my death. There are stories of individuals devoted to the Blessed Virgin, who at the very end of their life, they see Mary before they close their eyes in death. In addition to Mary, we have St. Joseph there, the patron of a happy and a holy death. Why is St. Joseph there? Because he died in the arms of Jesus and Mary, because he is that patron of a happy and a holy death. So we can ask Joseph then to pray for us also at the hour of our death. We have John the Beloved there, who is standing there at the foot of the cross with with Mary and the other Mary, with Mary Magdalene, standing beneath the cross of Christ. And there, John is told to take Mary into his home. And so John, present at the Savior's death, present at Mary's transition from this life. So we have his presence And then we have the lamb on the altar glorified. Well, what does that speak of? It speaks of the fact that we offer the mass for our dead, that we offer the mass for those that we love to have died. And so it talks about the efficacy of the sacrifice of the Holy Mass. I really see in this knock apparition a parallel to praying for the souls of the dead, to for praying for the souls in purgatory. Maybe this week in that action item that was there on Sunday was to pray for all the dead of your family, 
Maybe do so this week. Do it throughout the week. Or do it for the people who die of the coronavirus. Pray for their souls. Pray for their eternal rest, that God will show his mercy and shine his light upon them. There are so many intentions for us to pray, and how fitting then on that Monday of the third week that we pray for the dying, knowing that there are people dying all throughout our world right now of the pandemic of the coronavirus. To pray for our bishops and our priests during this week, knowing that they'll have to make difficult decisions in the worship for Sunday for the people in their communities. And so we pray for the grace to say yes. We ask God to give us that grace to say yes to what it is that we're being asked to do during this time of pandemic. We pray that God will give us interior peace because right now so many of us are anxious and worried. We pray for pilgrims because now there are many places of pilgrimage that pilgrims can't go, but we can go there spiritually. We can send our guardian angel. That's something that I would often do when I was in Paris. Often I wouldn't be able to visit Rue de Bac. I wouldn't be able to visit the Shrine of the Miraculous Metal. But I would send my guardian angel to the shrine there and ask my guardian angel to bring my petitions uh, before Our Lady at that place of apparition. So this week is a week of prayer. There are so many intentions, and I really see a relationship to all of them, especially as we make our way through these troubling days of the coronavirus Let us remain united in prayer with our Blessed Mother. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, authored a prayer or offered a prayer, and he did so uh, invoking the intercession of Our Lady. Let us pray. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your firm faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father, and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. Under your protection we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God. Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. You have been listening to a special edition of the podcast, How They Love Mary. So we continue to unpack my book, A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary. During the season of Lent, I hope that we will listen to Mary's message and then we'll begin to live them in our daily lives. God bless you.